episode 73 of Digital Digital Get Down. Get down! I know this episode is a little bit overdue. Long time no see, babe. How's it going? Well, we see each other. They just haven't seen us or heard us. As you remind me, this is an audio-only podcast. For now. Uh, So forgive us for like the lukewarm takes on some of these things that are um, (laughs) maybe a couple weeks old. Like real old news in the pop culture world at this point. We're on no one's timeline but ours. Okay. A wizard is never on time. Sure. Everyone else is early. What's that Gandalf quote? Babe, I've given you enough of my fantasy time recently. I'm not going to get into Gandalf right now. Well, you sit and don't watch Game of Thrones with me. Is that what you're referring to? Are we talking about that today? Um, I have Game of Thrones thoughts, question mark, because you looked up more about Game of Thrones than I did after <laughs> that last episode. I read so many recaps. So many recaps. Why? Tell the people why. Um, mostly because I'm a contrarian and I wanted to make sure that there were other people out there who disliked that episode. But you haven't watched the rest of the, the seasons to, like, understand I the still, journeys. No, like, that mm. would be like, I only watched, like, the last two episodes of Breaking Bad. That would be me being like, mm, I don't really think that was earned for that character. Like, I don't know where the fuck that characters come from. Yeah, but I did, I did find that validation when I went out seeking it, which made it even sweeter. Well, you'll find whatever you want on the internet. That's the whole point of the internet, isn't it? Somebody always agrees with you. Absolutely. Come into my bubble. You didn't even... I didn't even make you watch the second one because I watched it at home with my brother. Let me guess. Were there some clever, pithy quotes? You would have hated the second episode. It was all just like, ooh, this character with this character. Ooh, this conversation that references all these things from three seasons ago. Uh, But the episode we watched together was... The ultimate, final, ever battle, greatest of all time. Battle for Winterfell. Battle of good versus evil. An hour and a half. So long. I went to watch it on Sunday night and went, nope, too old for this shit. I cannot watch an hour and 40 minute episode on a Sunday night. Thank you, next. So, one of my complaints about it Mm -hmm. is that there's all this talk about how much time and money they spend on each of these final episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it still felt like they were cutting corners as much as possible. Like they were on a budget. Yeah. Specifically with the darkness, especially. You were the one who told me to stop complaining about the darkness. That doesn't sound like me. It does sound like you. You, you like, were mocking the Twitter thing that I shared about, like, the Helm's Deep battle compared to this battle or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was me. Yeah, that was you. Um, You're not even on Twitter and you mock the things that I retweet. <laughs> what else was I angry about this episode? Aria. Oh my gosh. Spoilers, I suppose, if you haven't watched it yet. Just from someone who has, like, not even watched this show from afar, I'm just like... I'm shaking my head for the for those of us who can't see. S-M-H. Um, as someone... <laughs> <laughs> you just learned that, didn't you? As someone who has, like, just taken in Thrones as a cultural thing without actually watching what, any of it... you're shortening it to Thrones now? Um, like... Any idiot could be like, obviously, Arya is the true hero of the show. Like, Jon Snow was like the red herring in this case, when they were like, well, clearly he's the hero because he's the big bad guy with the dark past, but he's going to redeem himself. Like, no. really have a dark past. Clearly, she is meant to be, like, the victor. Okay. And so Clearly the- from the two episodes you've watched. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I could tell. And so, wow, big, big shock that the writers decided to let her land the lethal blow. Which, come on, Night King, dude. Like, he's like a supervillain, correct? The best jokes that I heard were about the Night King's um, posse that was, like, around him in that scene. Like, how did they let her get anywhere near him? Correct. Like, nobody's watching his back. I mean... No one outfitted him with any armor? To be fair, I saw some jokes about his crop top armor, and that was his consequence um, for wearing a crop top to a battle. But that's part of Arya's point, like the the very obvious foreshadowing to Sorio Pharrell, her... um, Sirio Pharrell, her sword Uh, fighting teacher at the beginning, where it's like, what do we say to to the god of death? Not today. Um, Yeah. That's in. We're watching live hockey right now. Nothing like playoff hockey. Why do they keep putting that on the screen? I know. I'm watching playoff hockey. You don't need to sell me on playoff hockey. I'm watching it. Uh, Sorry. Anyways. 
so that was part of like her training. She trained to be an assassin and trained with the sword fighting guy who taught her to be like light and silent and like the games they used to play and stuff. So I kind of get it. But like light and silent does not mean like invisible. Like she shouldn't be able to like, literally be invisible. No. Um, it was still a good moment, but I think... It what, was a fan service moment. That's what... You stole those words right out of my mouth. Yep. The last couple episodes have been so fan service This whole season has been so fan service Like... What is this, Marvel? Not, Hello? It's just not in the, in the spirit R. of R. Game R. of Martin. Thrones. Yeah. Right. My... Nobody important died. My hottest take... Nobody important died. ...was this is what should have happened. She should have surprised him, jumped from wherever she jumped, even maybe stuck that dagger in him, and for five seconds let you think that she was victorious, and then he fucking pulls that dagger out and stabs her in the Cuts heart. Cuts her head off. And that's the end of the episode. That would have seemed like on par from like a Red Wedding type of situation. Yes, where he's like kind of flipping tropes or flipping expectations of like, like in the very first book, the very first season, it's like, oh, Ned's the good guy. Sure, certainly he'll win. They'll figure out a way out of this. No, he gets his fucking head cut off in front of his own children. Exactly. Like, and this then the Red Wedding, it's like, with that. oh, sh everything will be fine. It's like, nope, everyone's dead. So now to have just like two kind of minor characters die and have it be like, it's the most deadly episode yet. Like, no, it's not. Nobody important died. Yeah, because you had shitty battle tactics. So, yes, your entire armies died, but All that was that mostly died, but they're not important in the distance of white. the screen. All right, that's pretty much exhausted my interest in that. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about, speaking of fantasy, do you want to talk about those Tolkien ads? Because you told me oh, good, that was Oh, good fucking lord. <laughs> Like, what is the box office take going to be in I this? No, Like, $4, under a million? Four dollars. One person. Who was asking for... Someone's mom. ...a Tolkien biopic? No one. God, these poor actors who not only had to be in this movie, but then they had to sit there on set and shoot these dumbass commercials. And the trailer is so boring that they have to have this... Trivia question! Like, we're at fucking... At the movies, and, and they're like, what... What friend star starred with... I don't even... I forget the line from the Andy Samberg song. And there's only one trivia question. It's not trivia questions if there's only one. Like, you have to, like, mix it up. They only shot one of these promos. Correct. There's no different questions are mixing it up with. What country was J.R.R. Tolkien born in? South fucking Africa. Move on. Wow. There are white people in Africa. Thank you for informing me. Whew. You okay? Yep. Um, I have two more thoughts. Okay. Do we need to talk about Taylor's new song? Nobody's talking about it. Nope. So. Okay, I think that we'll covers it. That. Yep. Um, my only other intro note is... I, I talk okay. about me going down holes on the, on the internet. That sounded weird. Title of your sex tape. Um, I read a think piece about, what's it called? Kaler? A ship name? Kaylor? Is that Taylor right? Taylor with who? Her model buddy. Oh, I thought she didn't like her anymore, the model. I thought they were feuding. You don't know any of this? The feud is fake because they're secretly lesbian lovers. I don't think so. I thought she was dating the British dude. This was 10,000 words on how devastating it was that her major countdown was not to her coming out. What? There was a whole sector well, of the internet. Some, there was a lot of rainbow Devastated motifs. by this. There the rainbows, of, the butterflies. Yeah. The, rain, the the butterflies matched up with what Carly Kloss wore on a runway once upon a time. Okay. This person was devastated that she did not come out. And it was so insulting to read someone so desperate to, like, revel, revel in someone's differentness or outness. It's not even differentness. It's, I don't even know. God, one of the worst things what I've ever read on the doing internet. What on the internet? Slow, day, slow days at work. When Yikes. things when things are working correctly at work, it's quiet. Well, that ties into my um, last note that I have for the intro, which is word for word. Why isn't Hallmark gayer? Um, right, so... Do you want to tell the people why I wrote that note? Well, I was going to bring this up. This is your fault. I was going to bring this up that I, I like doing this podcast with you, but I think we have to pivot soon and just do Hallmark movies. <laughs> okay. Because since we last podcast, we actually have watched two. 
And I could do a full hour on love at first oh, dance. Oh, Becca Tobin. Love at oh, first Becca dance. Oh, Wow, we caught this one. I think we caught the last like three quarters of it, maybe, or maybe just the last half. The last half, but it felt like three quarters. It felt long. Wow. No chemistry. Oh man. Dancing in a pond. Inexplicable the, ending. The best line ever. Please, you just have to read this. Read? I don't have time to read. I don't have time to read, Paul, or whatever his name was. Yeah. Man, I mean, they find mildly attractive women for these movies, but they are scraping the barrel for the men. Yeah. The same could be said of the one we watched last night. Although I would argue the one we watched last he night was, had his was moments. better than some of the other recent ones. Love at First Dance... She was a did dance teacher. Do you remember teacher. that name or did you write it down? I wrote it down. Okay. I swear. Okay. Uh, protagonist is a dance teacher slash choreographer. Yes. And she just spent a lot of time going, mm, nice. Oh, good. <laughs> All of her notes for her, like she was apparently amazing Re at choreography. Really and, good. And teaching. Uh-huh. Nice job there. Good. That was her only <laughs> notes. It must have been like ad lib of what to say. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, and she specialized in both, like, formal ballet and also rich wedding people. I would say 30% of the movie was her looking at herself in a mirror doing dance moves. Mm -hmm. Like, spinning. How else would you choreograph? And doing these floating... How else? I don't know. Um, and so a couple is getting married, but they're not really meant, meant for each other. Because... They own a shared business, which it's Hallmark, so obviously it has a, a family connection, yeah. though. It's dad's business. Um, and so, yeah, the guy has to go for extra dance lessons, like, every day. Like, I know rich people have can make free time for themselves. But he also just didn't want to be at work because he hates his job. And his fiance. Yeah. Um... So yeah, you can guess what happens. It hits all the marks of the Hallmark movie. Kind Three of. minutes to go, you get your kiss. But then at the end, like they split up for a little while. There's a little bit of oh, a poor kiss Becca. Dad She's like, I can either stay here and continue getting overpaid for this job, or I can go abroad and get overpaid for a job. And he's like, Bye, have fun. Um. So yeah, and then the one we watched last night, Love and Chocolate and Romance. What Love, was it Romance, and Chocolate. Terrible title. Yeah, at least just go. I wonder if they already had one called Love and Chocolate, so they had to add an <laughs> extra word in. Um, Lacey Chabert just like found her her niche. Yeah. Found her I calling. It's pronounced niece. <laughs> found her calling, and is just gonna live forever on Hallmark movies. Good for you, girl. She is. They could play Hallmark movies of her every day for a week and still not do any repeats. Yeah. Like. You almost watched the Christmas one afterwards. Well, they intrigued me. I, I do get sucked into a royal story, a royal but one, then yeah. you, you told me that it was a Christmas one. So, yeah. so what was your big argument with this one? Uh, that the best chemistry of the movie was her and Marie, the hotel owner. Yep. Like from the first instant, they sparks. had sparks flying, sparks flying. Like, joking back and forth, like, went out for romantic walks and dinners together. And, like, looked Let's at each other like, shopping together. men, am I right? Yes. They just had Let's so many em. looks, and they just vibed. They just vibed. And there was a couple times during the movie where it was like, it would make so much more sense plot-wise if the two of them just got together and they'd be happy. Yeah. Last time we talked about Hallmark, I heralded the network for its, its, like, um... It's attachment to logistics and, and like, covering every single facet of a scenario. because yes, that's all they have for the plot is, like, my flight leaves in 42 minutes. <laughs> what am I going to do? Like This one put that all to shit. Made no sense. She went on vacation. We missed the first three minutes of the movie and then, therefore, never understood her motivations. <laughs> who she was running I away from. I think she from, had booked a trip job. with a boyfriend who dumped her. So she decides to go solo and then becomes gainfully employed for the entire fortnight. You need a work visa. Never like, got paid at the all. The entire movie. I was like, girl, you don't have a work visa. You're not legally employed there. She goes on a chocolate tour in Bruges. Meets the prince and princess. Multiple times. Multiple times. Like, becomes BFFs with them. And they don't seem to be concerned that and she's they working illegally in their country. <laughs> True. And they're holding a gala just for the chocolate people in the country. And they come straight out and they're like, she's not from here. She shouldn't be working. And they're like, so nice to meet you. Hope you enjoy our country. 
And not to mention that the chocolate shop has two other legal employees. Yeah, so don't get to go to the ball. <laughs> My favorite quote from this one is like, oh man, we're going to need extra help in the store. And they're like, what about Sophia? She's only part-time. She's part-time? How dare you? <laughs> oh, man. It was so good. So good. I watched that instead of... they were gay. I watched or that Polly. instead of the Celtics. Wow. <laughs> um, Sorry, Chandler, being of you. Do we have newses? Um, I have a couple newses. I don't really have any, so I'll yes, just go do. quick. I have one for you. Okay. Oh, shit, yeah. Most of mine are good. Um, I think I'm going to wait to talk about finishing the game Spider-Man, because you watched enough and tried... We can talk about it, yeah. ...tried to play enough that I think we can talk about it. Okay. Really solid game. If I was calling, like, Witcher 3 an A, this was probably an A-. minus. I'd say a B plus. Probably a B plus. I thought as I was playing it, I was going to want to... Oh, shit! Tie game. God, the Bruins had this. It was 2 nothing, and then 3-1, and now it's fucking tied up. Oh, my God. Six minutes to go. Two, go. You made some amazing saves. Oh, oh, man. I'm actually going to save all my thoughts, because I just said we're going to talk about it later. So. I was going to call you out on that, and then I'll Yeah. Um, quick tennis update. Dummy Dom is on fire. He beat Rafa Nadal on pista Rafael Nadal, a.k.a. court, a.k.a. Rafa's home court in Barça. Barca. Is that the closest big city to his home? Valencia probably is close. Yeah, they don't play there, so that's that's why it's his home tournament. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens in the rest of the big clay tournaments. Roger is playing clay, which I think is badass. A lot of people are mocking him for it and saying it's a dumb decision, but I say good for him. Um, so that was my good news. I have a good news for My you. other amazing good news is that the Overstory won a Pulitzer. Is that how you really say it? Yeah. It's not Pulitzer? Pulitzer. I forget. We learned it in journalism school. I have no idea how, like... You went to journalism school to learn how to pronounce Pulitzer? I have no idea, like, how much acclaim comes with that, though. No idea. For fiction, especially. I mean... I'm sure some people hadn't heard of it before that, so yeah. like I don't know how much how like we saw the sleek the sleek be, paperback reprinting today. Yeah, it looked much less scary than the hardcover, which it looks terrifying on my TBR. Yeah. Um I don't really have any bad news. I just have one sad news because have you did you ever watch the Dwayne Wade commercial? This is from a couple weeks ago. That's basketball? Yeah. I had heard five people talk about it and they were all like, you're going to cry. And I kind of took it like a challenge. Like I was like, I'm not going to cry. Like yeah. I don't like, I don't like Dwayne Wade at all. He's not going to make me cry. It made me cry. Okay. It's a, it's a commercial sponsored by, I forget who. I think it's Bud Light actually. Yeah. And. A Bud Light commercial made you cry? They bring him onto like the Miami court. And he's been doing this thing, because he's retired, he just retired at the end of the season. Sure. He's I been doing this thing where after games, he swaps jerseys with his other, like, stars in the league. Okay, like and they do at, um... Soccer games? Yeah. And he's been, like, storing all these saved jerseys, like, in his home, like, in his trophy room or whatever. Okay. So they bring him out onto the court, and he has no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. And these people cycle in and out, and they're all people that he's, like, touched in one way or another, like, general citizens. So not... Not famous people. Not famous people, okay. Yeah. And so, like, one of them was a family member of a Parkland victim, because he did a lot in the aftermath of that. Okay. People from other charities that he made a big difference to. He, like, paid for someone's college, so she came out and gave him uh, her cap and gown. Okay. And then his mom came out and made this really emotional what did speech. What did she give him? Um, I guess his she was a. Cord? I guess she was a drug addict when he was little. So she gave him drugs. No, oh my god, you are a heartless. I forget what she actually gave him, like a shirt or something off her back. But she was just basically like, "Thank you for sticking with me even when I couldn't take care of myself." I'm gonna make you watch it, and you're gonna okay, cry. I you believe you, but hold, hold. <laughs> Okay, go through some news and I'll I'll throw cold water on yours. Um, my biggest good news is that the Como Zoo had a baby snow leopard. 
and I'm very excited about it. I like kind of know the zookeepers there and they were trying so hard. They got these two new snow leopards, one of them from France and one of them from Germany last year. And it was a really big deal to get snow leopards from Europe. Like it's such a pain and they very, very rarely like move animals cross country or across borders, cross continents especially. And they did. And now they have a new baby snow leopard. They were trying so hard. If you were tuned in though, you would have known the mama leopard was pregnant. Wouldn't you have? Um, it doesn't seem like people at Como knew either, so... What? I, well, not, like, the general public. I'm sure the keepers and, like, the vet knew, but mm -hmm. I think they were keeping it kind of hush-hush. Uh, but there's also... A, it's also a pretty short gestation period. Like, it's only, like, two months or a month or something. Damn, snow like, leopards are doing it right. Yeah, it's a pretty short gestation period, so... Could I cuddle with a baby snow leopard safely? Maybe it's longer than that. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe it's, like, three months. That is the science teacher thing to do. Okay, it's three months, but still. So they yeah. probably don't You're know in straight and out. away. In and out. Um, so, so, yeah, I don't even know if they knew for very long. You didn't answer my question. Born. Can what? I cuddle, yes or no? Uh, no. Ugh. Definitely not. What would the it do to me? Like, eat your oh. face off. And it doesn't want to be away from its mom. Uh, the mom would eat your face off trying to get at it. Mm. Okay. So everything's going well, supposedly. And late in the summer, I guess, we're supposed to be able to see them. So I'm very happy. We're for going the next weekend for Bonsai Day. And then we're going a couple weekends after that. That's my bad news. Talk. One of my bones, I died. Yeah. yeah, possibly. My my bad. Anyways, keep going. I keep telling you that it, that one was not meant to be outside of negative 40, but well, you said this they're is outdoor the plants. Issue. They're outdoor plants. This is the issue with the internet. You've heard of the internet. I have. Like, you can find someone. Oh, I'm like taking the words out of your mouth. You can find someone <laughs> who agrees with you. Yeah. I googled the species of tree and the word winter and I found one person who said oh yeah it's fine in the winter and so of course I stopped looking after that because I had the answer I wanted anyways yeah. and it did not help you no um my other good news is kind of like old news at this point but I guess I'll say it anyways <gasps> I was uh pretty impressed that Ben and Jerry's like went pretty hard on 420 and all of their ads and everything was about the number of black people and other people of color who are mm -hmm. incarcerated for, like, possession of weed. Yeah. Uh, and how nobody should be celebrating unless all of those people are free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was very impressed. Like, Ben & Jerry's is, like, just a bunch of white dudes from Vermont. Yeah. And usually they're just like, get your We're fish hippies. for... For 420, and this time they were like, no, we're not celebrating because it's not cool that white people are allowed to, like, be hip about about uh, smoking weed and having um, weed gummies and all this shit. And there's, like, reality shows about it and all yeah. these, like, black people get incarcerated at a disproportionately ridiculous rate. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was cool with them. Okay. Um... Bad news, the Notre Dame fire, also super old news at this point. Mm -hmm. um, my bad news is less about the fire and more about the way that people on the internet reacted to it. Um, and it's kind of like old news to get into it at this point. Yes, there are a lot of causes that deserve money thrown at it more than an old church in Paris. But also, like, I'm allowed to be sad that a cultural institution burned down. And I've been there. Yeah. So I'm allowed to be more those sad. Those are mutually exclusive. I'm allowed to be more sad about a place that I've been than than a place in the Middle East that I've never been. Even though it might be suffering more. I'm no. allowed to be sad about a place that I've been. No, I agree with that. I still found it very odd that like a corporation like Apple was was declaring that they were donating a certain number of million of millions of dollars. Yeah, that's bullshit. I agree that that's bullshit. There are other causes that you should um, that you should donate to. The best kind of uh, flip that I saw was that yeah. a lot of the black churches that have been burned down recently right. got a yeah. lot of donations out of it because people were, were like um, twisting it around to that to be like, if you're sad about that church burning down, you should be sad about the ones in our country too. Like, right. And donate to these ones, and they did get a, a huge surge of donations. So, like, I'm fine yeah. with that. I was just confused like, about was it because it was a church? Was it because it was old? Was it because it was France? Because it's old, and because like it lived through a lot already. It's lived through like wars and revolutions and whatever, and like never got destroyed. Subcontractors, like, man, they sneak up on you. <laughs> Dangerous beast. 
So, um, I am fine with people calling out, like, why are you donating to this place that doesn't really need your help? Like, it's just like, for me, but, like, France is like a, pr it's a pretty well-established country. They've been around for a bit. I think they do okay with taxes and stuff. Like, if the French billionaires want to donate yeah, yeah, to yeah. it, cool. Yeah, That part's fine, like, but we shouldn't Tim Cook being like, we need to give millions. I like, agree with that, but I'm also allowed to be sad, seeing I've been to the Notre Dame and was awed by, like, sure. I'm allowed to be sad that it burned down. And that doesn't mean that I don't care about other causes, either. Now, if I if I hadn't already sung my favorite song from the Hunchback soundtrack multiple times on this podcast, I'd probably do it right now. But I think it's a little Which bit. Which one? Someday, when we are wiser. Yeah, I'm bored already. I'm sure people um, on Twitter were were requesting it. Other yes. Do we score? Us. Thank the Lord! Oh, that goalie is down for the count. What an emotional so roller coaster. One minute and 28 seconds. All right, so my other bad news is... Go. Um, people who are saying don't make Game of Thrones political, that, that actual <laughs> phrase was on Twitter, don't make Game of Thrones political. Have you been fucking paying attention? The entire series is about political intrigue. There has never been a series more deeply about political intrigue than Game of Thrones in the history of books. Like, don't make it political? What? Where have you been? I don't understand. What a garbage take that is. Don't make Game of Thrones political. Fuck you. Um, Joe Biden. Also, fuck you. <laughs> Everything that comes out of his mouth lately, he just said he has, like, no sympathy for young people. At all. Okay. Like, people, like, we're talking about, like, you know, millennials with their debt and climate change and all the other things that are concerns of ours. He just said, like, I have no sympathy for them. They don't work hard or something like that. It's like, what the fuck Joe Biden? Before this, he came out with the take that that uh, it's not rich people's fault in the U.S. Like, rich people are just as patriotic as everyone else and we shouldn't, like, tax them higher or anything like that. Then he comes out and says that, like, Trump isn't representative of the Republican Party. We shouldn't blame the Republican Party for this. And now he comes out and says he has no sympathy for the youth. Like, is he trying to not get votes? Is he, like, the scary part is he'll probably win now. Because he's going to win over some of, like, the Trump, like, mediocre people that just kind of vote That's probably him. what he's been told is his approach should be. Is that he shouldn't be the radical one because there's enough of those. Yeah. He should try and be the middle of the road, like reasonable Democrat. I'm not even but tuned in to this early, in? this early political action, but he had his shot. He should have run four years ago. He's lost. He lost me from by not running last time. Sorry, mate. He said Mar marijuana is a gateway drug. I actually like Dick Cheney. I'm not sorry for anything I've ever done, and I have no empathy for the younger generation. The younger generation now tells me how tough things are. Give me a break. I have no empathy. Word for words from Joe Biden. Where are your Biden memes now? Where are they now? I'm not going to save you. Um, the last one is, uh, you and I have talked about this a lot recently, but the Minnesota State Senate has voted to take away 20% of the Historical Society's funding because it added the Sioux name to a fort. Uh, in the Twin Cities area. It mm -hmm. didn't change the name. They just added a teeny thing at the bottom, like at this Sioux, like at this Sioux site. Right. Yeah. Uh, the name of the site that it was before they came and built a fort on it. Uh, and the Minnesota State Senate has voted to like take money away from them as punishment for updating that sign, saying it's revisionist history and it takes away from military greatness or whatever. <sighs> Uh, oh, boy. Did the Bruins just let him go? Um, so it's Minnesota, Minnesota's favorite ongoing debate is how much do you recognize indigenous names and lands before, I don't know, what are the, what's going to happen if you do it too much? I don't get it. I don't know. And, like, the one that was kind of big news just before we moved here, I think, mm -hmm. is uh, there's a lake... Lake Calhoun. Named out. He's like a witch. slavery dude, apparently. And they changed the name or added the name. Most things I saw said both of them still. Um, but added the name Bidet Makaska, mm -hmm. which is the indigenous name for that lake. Uh, and the only reason I didn't like it was because I couldn't pronounce it. And I've since learned to pronounce it thanks to all of these news stories. So I guess mm -hmm. that's a positive. But uh, I just don't understand what scares people about 
acknowledging that people were indigenous people were here before us. Like, I don't see how that takes away from military history to say that the Fort Snelling is located at this Sioux name of a site that it was called that for how many ever thousands of years before the military got there. So how is that offensive to anyone? I don't, I don't understand. It shouldn't be offensive. My thing is, is that I've never heard from an actual indigenous person about whether or not because we killed most of their them. community cares about this all these naming debates. If they do care, then I will care. But otherwise, my perspective is it's like an insult even to be living in a state called Minnesota, which is an indigenous word, because you're just basically reminding everyone that this used to be land um, lived on by native people, and now you're living in that land because you moved them all off of their land. Correct. Like and killed them. In, mem- in memoriam, we're going to include a name here. Like, yeah. that just seems... Like, you're already going to erase their... You're already trying to erase their history. Like, just go ahead and do it at that point. Call it something else. You've taken over the land. Yeah, it is a bit of a half-assed attempt. I can't imagine... I don't want to speak for indigenous people, but I can't imagine them going, you know what, I'm glad, you know, we have no option other than, other than this tiny reservation, but at least the state is called Minnesota. Like, that still is very respectful of our people. Yeah. Is something better than nothing, though? Like, is it a tiny bit worth acknowledging that we're on their land? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well. Oof. If anyone has seen any actual indigenous takes on this topic, uh, or is an indigenous person and has feelings, let us know. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, it's a, bu- a whole bunch of white people debating this at the moment, and yeah. uh, we're not the ones whose voices should matter on there this you topic. Go. Uh, are we going to get to actual... Wow, David Craig's way up in Tuka's butt there, just making sure that Tuka almost not... just, like, stabbed his eye out, too. Yeah. Uh, are we going to get into actual podcast? Uh, real quick advertisement, I would say. That was sacrificing your body, mate. Oh, God. Book digits. B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. Woohoo! Uh, you can go on there, track your to-read list, see how you're doing your goals for this year. Try to get into that Diamond Club. It's Elizabeth, an exclusive place. Former guest, former multi, multiple episode guest, Elizabeth and I are vying for the next to join the Diamond Club. We each have about one book left before we'll reach our page count. Uh, so you can go on and try and challenge us, mm-hmm. see how far you get in the achievements for this year. Or you can also follow us on... Instagram. I just posted a stack of all the books I just got from the library. And you could follow us on Instagram at Book Digits. Thanks, babe. All right. Are we going to get into, do you want to do the TV show or the book first? That's it. Oh. I was going to say TV show. I was going to say the book. We always, <laughs> go, we always go opposite on these. Wow, the Bruins pulled it out. That was a game. Whew. The last, the last period was a game. The rest of the game was not. Um... I'll defer to you. What did you say? I was going to say the book. I think, I think it's a short book. I think we can get through it quick. Book. Can you hand me the book? Maybe. Okay, what are we talking about? The Bus on Thursday by Shirley Barrett. And I only knew about this book because Shirley wrote Russo. Did we do that on the podcast ever? Um, no, because we read it in Australia before we before this podcast was even a thought. Right. So... Uh, she wrote Rush O, which is a book about the whaling industry and in Australia. In Australia, and a special town in Australia, and uh, it inspired kind of a book pilgrimage for us. We did a very long drive out to the whale. Eight festival. hour drive was it? Yeah, for a weekend. That was maybe a mistake, but yeah. it was fun. Um, Best whale watch I've ever been on. I know you've been on a ton, but it was a pretty solid whale watch, I will say. Whew. Um, so this is her, se- is this her follow-up book or is this before? What's, what's the deal? What's the order here? I don't know. She's actually more in film and TV, it says. She lives in Sydney. Okay. But anyways, this is her direct follow-up in a very different vein, though, for sure. Very, like, experimental format. Yes. Um, it was written in blog entries yep. that seemingly were never actually posted to the internet, <laughs> so it's a little bit confusing than if they're actually a blog or just, like, a, a typed diary. Yeah, and it's written kind of in, like, present tense almost, which is, it is actually, I say, I ask, which is 
theoretically impossible for a blog to be in present yes, day. unless she's narrating her life. Live she tweeting, goes, or, yeah. Uh, yeah, very confusing. Like I said in my review, it seemed like the, the blog format was meant just to, like, keep it moving modern along or... quickly and to keep it modern, yeah. Um, so the main uh, premise here is that the the main character, whose name is something... Yeah, shit, this is why I was holding Eleanor. the book. Eleanor, yeah. Uh, she gets diagnosed with cancer, and in very short order, like mm -hmm. a manner of pages, mm -hmm. gets diagnosed with cancer, goes to the cancer treatments, and tries is to cancer, kiss, tries to kiss her doctor, free, and between. tries to kiss her doctor, and has a weird <laughs> breakdown. And that's all within like the first couple chapters. And then she decides the thing she needs to do to get away from like her family and all of her like poor ways she's dealing with this cancer treatment yeah. uh, is to take this weird fucking job posting up in like the hills in Australia, uh, New South Wales, yeah. Um, up in the mountains. So she takes this job posting and gets there. Only Which is to be a school teacher in like a tiny town with like, like six 30, kids or eight kids or something. 30 kids, I 30. think. But that's the entire school, I'm saying. Oh. Um, so she gets there only to find out that the previous teacher like disappeared and she was like beloved by all. <laughs> she was just this angel. You should say of this a is teacher. like a, it's a comic horror book, really. Yes. So like this like is a all dark done comedy. Silly in a silly manner. Um, I think my combination was um, Bridget Jones uh -huh. plus the girl on the train yeah. plus the dressmaker, which I don't think you ever saw or read that. Yeah, I'm not one of those three, but I agree um, with you. So the Bridget Jones diary of like style of like a real weird, honest diary entries. Yeah. Um, girl on the train of like unreliable narrator who you're definitely kind of, and gone girl style. Who's like kinda. a little yep. bit on the outskirts of the community. Correct. Yep. And then the dressmaker with just real dark Australian comedy okay. or dark Australian small town life. Yeah. Because that's what the dress the dressmaker was that one that um had that movie with Kate Winslet when we were in Australia. Oh yeah. And um Hen uh, Hemsworth? Yeah. William Hemsworth. The only time I've ever been attracted to William Hemsworth. You saw that movie? Yes. With whom? Don't know. I don't think you've ever seen it. I did see it because I was attracted to him and I was like, In a theater? Damn, I usually like Chris Hemsworth better. I think so. That doesn't sound right. doesn't sound like you at all. I went. It was it was a book, but I think I actually only ever read the movie because I was going to read the book. You read and the movie, did you? I only watched the movie <laughs> because it was really fucking depressing. <laughs> anyway, that would be my combo for this book. Okay. Um, so the only one of those that you've likely read, listeners, are is Girl on the Train or Steam. Yeah. Um, and I would say that like it's similar to that, but in a more well, comedic way. way. That's yeah. why I said Bridget Jones compared with that because they're combined with that. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of unreliable narrator take on it. Mm -hmm. um, in Girl on the Train, it's because she's like a blackout drunk. In this one, there's a little bit of that. Yeah. She drinks a lot, yep. a lot more than she should. But she also just like is on some different medicines for her cancer and like sometimes you can't tell if she's like hallucinating things or if mm -hmm. they're really happening. Yeah. Like if it's like the drugs and the alcohol mixing or if the drugs are giving her these like vivid dreams and stuff mm -hmm. or if she, if these things are actually happening because small towns are weird. So it's got a little bit of AP bio on it too now that I think about it with like office ladies and stuff. <laughs> yes, like the office lady drama and yeah. like the teacher who's actually a terrible teacher. Yeah. Um, it made me feel better about my <laughs> I knew it would. She was just... God, she was a wreck. Yeah. Um, so, it's kind of a mystery in that the main character is, like, sort of trying to figure out what happened to the previous lady, but, like, she doesn't seem to care that much. No. It's not really... The, the driving plot focus is more, like, her alcoholism and bad choices than it is anything else. Yeah. There are also very few minor characters... Um, like, or there's no, like, secondary characters. Correct. It's her, and then, like... And the chorus. And then, like, the chorus. Yeah. yeah there's, like, no other main character. Correct. Aside from her. The guy that she bangs a little bit. Better. Kind of, but he's off-page more than he's on-page. True. Like, he's referred to and around more than he's actually on, on screen or on page. What do you make of the title? Um, there's no bus. There or is there a is bus. There is a bus, but, like, what does the bus have to do with anything? And the bus only comes on Thursday? The bus is like a mirage as well, I think. I need you to bring this book on your bus and take a picture of it for me. For like... I, the, I, the first, when I started reading this, I was reading it on the bus on a Thursday. I need you to take a picture, just a subtle picture while sitting on the bus on this for me. Mm. Please? I think we'll go stop? out to the bus stop, okay. yeah. Um, the 
Yeah, I don't I don't get what the bus had to do with it, and I don't yeah. get why that was the title. Um, so I forget, we both gave it like a B, maybe? It was very interesting. I actually found the fact that it didn't focus 100% on the mystery, like, relatable. Because I don't like mystery stories. We've mm -hmm. talked about that before. I don't like mystery stories. And this seemed more, like, realistic of yeah. what would actually happen if you yeah, were you in gotta that situation. Yeah, you got to go on with your own... Like, you don't become a detective and, like, the rest of your life doesn't just <laughs> fall away. She, like, still has a job and she still has, like, mental health issues and... Still like, gets possibly pregnant. I just felt like that was relatable of, like, this is how I would also deal with a mystery if my life was falling to shit. Where, yeah. like, you kind of want to find out, but you also have other stuff in your life that seems just as important. Um, so I found it relatable, and I did find it kind of funny and very genre-bending. It was like, is it epistolary diary style? Mm -hmm. Is it a murder mystery? Is it a girl whose life is fucked up? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, once it did give shades of horror later in the in the book, that's kind of when I was like, meh. I was just confused at that point more than anything, because I was like, where is this book going yeah. with this? Um, I don't love a super just, like, hanging on ending. Yeah. Or hanging... What am I trying to say? Cliffhanger? Like, it's not even really a cliffhanger, no. just, like, an abrupt ending. Like... I'm here for, like, a creative ending where not everything gets wrapped up perfectly. But this one was, like, a little bit too abrupt for me. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Like, it's not, like, any book that I've read in a while. And Definitely. I appreciate that. Because I feel like I often end up reading the same types of books over and over. And I'm just yeah. kind of, like, this feels like every other book that I've read. So I appreciate that it wasn't. Um, I gave it a B-. And we both gave it a B-. I assume it has high originality. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty good, high. Yeah. All right. I think we've covered it. If you can, you're not going to find it in your local library or anything, but if you can get your hands on it. It was at Barnes & Noble, so it is Dot com. Yeah, but it's like, you can buy it at main yeah. places. Um, yeah, I would say, I would not like recommend it heartily, but if you want something different, like a quick read, and yeah. if you're interested in murder mysteries, or just interested in more of like a very hyper-modern, as I think you put it, yeah. type of narrative... I think it's worth it. Okay. If you want more of a um, traditional narrative by this author, Rush O um, is also pretty good. I know you loved it. I yeah. liked it. But that was a very different style. I'm actually kind of impressed that the author is able to do both of those yeah. things. I would not have guessed that they were the same author had I not known. Kind of makes sense that she's into movie and TV writing, though. Like, yes. I can see how that could translate I can see how well. this would be a show. All right. Now, we have a big task on our hands. Let's talk about a whole TV series? Basically. We talked about it one time. I think so. We did the first season of You're the Worst at one point. <clears throat> and since then, we have finished the entire series. So, I will admit that I only have notes on the last season. I'm going to try to look up, just as a refresher for us, of what happened each season. Um, I mean, the one that I definitely want to talk about that I know we had some people message us about is the season where Gretchen has her like depressive episode. Yeah. Was that season two? I think that was the end of season two. Yeah. Um, so that one, I think we should have some stuff to talk about there. Mm hmm. And then season three was like Jimmy disappears. Right. Um, or was that season four? This, this, Wikipedia is not helping me here. This is telling me the critical acclaim of each season. Season five is the wedding season. Season, season four, four is, is when, when Jimmy he... disappears? Okay, yeah, I'm right. You, you figured it out. So season two is uh, Gretchen's depression. And that's when Lindsay and Paul are getting divorced. And that's also yeah. when Edgar and Dorothy meet. Yeah. And then season three is when um, Jimmy's dad dies. Yep. Yeah. Spoilers, I suppose. <laughs> Just giving away all the major plot points. Um, Gretchen starts therapy. Yeah. Edgar's dad dies. Edgar's like, Jimmy's dad. Jim, Jimmy's dad dies. Edgar tries to find like P um, PTSD yeah. results. And then... And then at the very end of that, definite yeah. spoilers, um, Jimmy proposes and then drives away. Yeah. Because uh, Gretchen says, we'll be a family or something. Mm -hmm. So season four starts out real weird when Jimmy's like in a trailer park. Right. 
but then his book actually gets picked up. Or, picked up, yeah. And then Gretchen starts dating Bodie or whatever Boone. his name is. Boom, sure. Um, and then season five is all about their wedding. Correct. And gets real. They have one weird. The really good scene in season four where Jimmy comes back to get her and punches the wrong guy in the face. Yes, that was that was like that um movie that you like that scene. Yeah. Uh, crazy stupid love. Yes, it was like that. Um, so I think we already talked about season one in the podcast. Season two, uh, I don't have a lot of notes on. We watched it a little bit of, a little while ago, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a very kind of fresh, genuine take on depression. I think you can say that. I think that's the show's greatest strength is that it's unlike any other sitcom to date that I know of. It does not hit sitcom tropes. It's very real with things almost to the absurd level, sometimes actually to the absurd level. Yeah. But it also goes really deep and really uh, doesn't shy away from no. from things. It like a show like New Girl like would have a serious um, arc maybe on occasion. But it'd be hidden between beneath punchlines and prank wars yeah. and, and kind of softened because it was on a family network And, and You're the Worst does still have like running gags and stuff, but it just handles the, the real shit in a different way. And it handles them with like a dark humor mm-hmm. that's not quite as dark as like It's Always Sunny or something like that. But sometimes it's a little bit of a similar tone to yeah, that. You've thrown out comps left and right. Um, but yeah, I was impressed by how they handled her depression. Like, it was hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. But it was also very realistic, the way that Jimmy tried to deal with it. And, like, not shocking Correct. based on Jimmy. But uh, I think that was the best part of it was her failing to deal with it and then Jimmy failing to deal with her failing to deal with it and like thinking he could fix her by making her happy or that it was like his fault that she wasn't happy or something like that. Um, So I liked that it didn't try and, um, I don't know, shy away from that or make it about one of them or the other of them. Like it showed how both of them together tried to deal with it. And yeah, I think season two did handle that really well. The way that things played out in later seasons made me go back to those scenes in season two and be like, eh, like it just set them up to fall into these like cycles now yeah. as, as showrunners, not as, not as individuals. Yeah, and then it doesn't feel fresh the eighth time that they try and yeah. do a similar. So the big one, what did we decide to call it? Just Jimmy face or something? Oh, that that end of an episode just focuses on him as he like makes some sort of realization. Right, because he does he does he goes with one decision up until thirty seconds left in the episode. Sad Jimmy face to end an episode. Right, That's my note. And then the camera sort of pans to something and back to him, and he's kind of like with a look on his face, like shit. Like, I don't actually mean what I just said. Two I was different do. seasons and multiple episodes have ended on that. Yeah, the one where like they say I love you and he makes a face, and then the yeah. proposal one. Moving he makes in a face. is the same thing. Moving in and he makes a face. Like they do get stuck in that pattern. It's like, come on, where's the character growth or where's yeah. the like, they can be very original with some things, mm-hmm. and with other things, they rely on the same, like, actually, Jimmy sucks, or actually, Jimmy's not very well actualized. It's like, we know. Yeah. And then, in terms of the Gretchen character, like, I think, I don't know how to actually say her name, Aya Cash, Aya Cash. Um, I think she's a good actor. I think, though, like, they ran out of emotions for her to have, kind of, because season four and five all of her monologues become, like, the same level of screechiness. Like, Jimmy, I'm not okay! Can't you see that, Jimmy? Oh, my God! Yeah. And Or she just becomes, like, horrifically self-destructive in ways yes. that don't make sense. Like, that episode where they had couples friends, and then she just yeah. trashes it all because she doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Like, like, I understand, on one hand... Like, as a viewer, you're like, didn't expect them to do that. I mean, it's interesting to keep it fresh and, like, have them not just lean into the sitcom tropes and have them do a little bit of a uh, switcheroo on you where you, like, think that's what they're going to go with and they don't. Mm -hmm. But by, like, the last season, I was just, or the second to last season, I was just kind of, like, over that. And clearly you're not cut out for this world. I know that part of the point of the show is that they don't get better. It's not like you were the worst. It's very, it's very upfront about that. You are the worst. So I wasn't expecting like huge character growth, but I think that's what really worked in the first like two, even three seasons was that 
it still does shock you a little bit every time they're terrible and like the show allows them to be terrible people yeah and to be real people and not like sitcom i'm jess you girl um but by the fourth and fifth season it's just kind of like tiring to watch a little bit because you're rooting Mm -hmm. for them even though you know that they're probably going to fail but then when they start to just self-destruct so much Mm -hmm. you just kind of i don't know stop rooting not that you stop rooting for them but you just kind of like lose your investment yeah Yeah. you give up on them a little bit and it stops being shocking that they're still terrible you're like yeah they're still terrible so yeah i don't regret watching the show and sticking with it till the end but i do i regret watching the last season i wish we didn't um last season jumped yeah. the shark they tried too hard to be edgy and too hard to be unpredictable mm-hmm. and like that Polly yeah, episode you're right like i'm all for like Polly being on mainstream tv shows and stuff but that weird episode handmaid's tale with yeah. paul yeah the handmaid's tale thing with paul and the evil sister and the the sad guy and i laughed out loud a lot at this show but i don't think it's humor quite lined up with me like Especially with the cameos, too. Um, Paul F. Tompkins and Ben Folds both have, like, significantly large roles on this show. Which one's Paul F. Tompkins? The one that's on the the Bachelor, Bachelorette bus at the end. The fake murder. Yes. The boss with the mustache. Yeah. Yeah. And they both just play really odd versions of themselves that never quite landed for me. Yeah, I, I struggled with the show a little bit because for every, like poignant thing that they did to deal with depression Mm -hmm. there was another thing that they did that i was just like what the fuck like i wrote down one scene like or one quote from gretchen i don't make it difficult it is difficult Mm -hmm. and like i feel that like when i'm having a rough day mental health wise like that's how it feels it's not like i'm making things harder like they are hard they feel hard to me Mm not making them harder so like they would have these moments that i'm like shit yes like Mm -hmm. i would connect with or these moments of like something somebody says to you and you're like yes that's so annoying why the fuck do people say that it doesn't help like so they'd have these really like realistic well-written moments and then they'd Mm -hmm. have these other scenes like with the florist yeah i don't i don't know these other scenes or these other plot points that i just like didn't understand or didn't work for me so it would be like it was either like a zero or a hundred for me. Like it either like a hundred percent worked and I was like, yes, girl. Or I was like, what is happening? And there was too much of that second thing in the last season. The last season was like 95% what is happening. With the Lost-esque flash forwards, which were completely unnecessary. And didn't add anything at all to like the final thing. Um, yeah, it didn't help, and it just made it unnecessary. A lot of people confusing. consider the finale to be perfect. Really? Do those people hate happiness? Because Lindsay and Paul get together. My God. I cannot believe, after five seasons of talking about how terrible they are for each other. And for a show that, like... It's against happy endings, kind of. I was going to say, like... I don't, I don't know if it was a particularly woke show, but, like, it was a progressive show, especially with, like, a character like Edgar. Yes. But and then like to present with, like, female sexuality a very stuff. clearly abusive relationship, she stabs her husband. Yes. And then gaslights him about it. Yes. And to then continue to and play that off as a joke. he is and... really toxic to her during the oh, divorce yeah. stuff. Like, they are a very not healthy relationship. And in the end, for them to just be like, actually, we miss each other and get back together. It's like, there's been four out of seasons about how you shouldn't get together. And, like, okay. they are not the main characters. And that ended up being, like, the main emotional arc. So, I don't know how many more notes you have, but I think we got to play... We haven't played a game in a while. I think we have to rank worst to least worst. Oh, God. Um... Gretchen's got to be the worst. I think Gretchen is probably the worst. And she just self-sabotages a lot. Yeah. Even when she is doing better mental health-wise, she just, like, cannot own up to anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Jimmy is, like, right behind her because he seemed to mature more than she did and be willing to make more sacrifices than she did. He's still an asshole. But he also is still an asshole and still, like, walked out and made that face, like, one too many times. And he's so terrible to Edgar, too. Yes, he's so good to Edgar. Edgar. It's just so frustrating. Um, And Edgar, poor Edgar in that last episode. Yeah. Brutal. Um, Lindsay is the next worst for, like, literally stabbing someone. Yeah. And just not knowing what she wants ever. Yeah. Um, 
I, Becca. I was going to say Becca's next. Is next. Just for drinking while pregnant all the time. All the time. Um, and just like she has no heart at all. Yeah. No empathy for anyone else. Um, then I would say doctor guy. What's his name? Vernon. Vernon. Yeah. He like had a good heart, but he was real fucked up. Yeah. Then I would say Paul. Yeah. Because he went off the deep end a little bit there and he should know better. It's a toxic relationship. You're smart. Get out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know she's like out of your league looks wise, I suppose, mm-hmm. but like, come on. Um, and then Edgar. I think Edgar's the most normal. Um, yeah, Edgar's probably the best He's character. He's like the most well-adjusted despite his PTSD. Yeah, that, I don't know if that's the word I'd pick, but... But like, in society, like yeah. he knows how to be a normal member of society. A couple other random things about this show. Do you agree show? with those rankings? I do, no? yeah. I don't really have much to argue with. Okay. Um, the Killian character, like, that... What the fuck that, happened with him? He was, like, a cute little kid, and then he... They changed... They must have changed actors. They're saying that was him? Yikes. Puberty hit him hard. Well, they took, like, two years off or something, but he was funny the first season when Jimmy would just have him play video games. And then I literally did not even recognize him when I came back, yeah. and he did not work. My other biggest takeaway from this show is this guy who played Sam... Like, he seems like to be one of the most amazing... The rapper. Yes, One of the most amazing actors, like, I've ever seen. Like, the amount of energy that he brought to the screen. Yes. I don't think they gave him a lot of funny material, but... Well, they wasted him towards the end. That was my thing, is that they wasted him. They were funny at the beginning when they came in every once in a while and were just, like, hilarious that they tried to be so, uh, so have so much street cred and they all argued over like the farmer's market and stuff that was hilarious and it was i liked the way that they did that but yeah they just how is this guy not in more stuff though i don't know he played little richard oh but it was in a in the james brown movie so yeah i don't know that just baffled me because he was so good oh you know who wasn't good dorothy yes i didn't know i was gonna say that (laughs) she was super one note too she just made his face at edgar all the time like I'm failing at everything. The only good side character was Samira, Samira Wiley. Yeah. I fucking love her. And she was hilarious as a therapist. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. That was Nina? I've seen her in other stuff. Who was Nina? The one that was that bartender that he flirted with a couple oh, times yeah. and like almost had sex with and like almost went away with and then he yeah. didn't. Oh, she was in Grey's Anatomy for sure. Yeah. She was one of the interns in Grey's back when I still watched Grey's Anatomy. So. Dr. Leah, you're right. Yeah. My uh, recommendation or review would be watch the first like three seasons, maybe the fourth yeah. season, and then just don't watch the last no, season. No, I would end on three. I think I'd end when on three Because you think that they're going to that they're going to have a happy engagement and then the fact that he drives away that like that's basically the end of the show still. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't do anything else different from that. No, on. and then the fourth season is just so much of like him being a dick and then her being a mess and trying to pretend she's not a mess and then them being dick to each other but they actually want each other back and then ugh, it's And I never liked any of Gretchen's family storylines because they never went anywhere. They with were them. so minor yet they seemed to drive all of her Neuroses. Character, yeah. And, like, they kind of had a little bit of closure with the mom at the end, but, like, kind of not. Like, not worth the amount they build it up for four seasons, five seasons. I think they did it better with Jimmy. Like, his dad is only mentioned in a couple episodes at first, but they, I don't know, they handle that well. They handle that better, yeah. So, I would say the first, like, three seasons are worth watching just for the, I don't know. Novelty? Just for the novelty of it, I was going to say it's not even genre bending really, but just the mm-hmm. unpredictability of the what the writers managed to do. Like, yeah. they still make it sitcom and have some tropes, but there's also a lot of other tropes they flip on their head, and there's a lot of surprises in the way that they deal with things, and like the honesty that the way they deal with some of the mental health things, and mm-hmm. the way that they let them be the worst. That's the difference. The first couple seasons, it seems like they're just letting them be the worst. Yeah. The last two seasons, it seems they're making them be the worst. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the first couple seasons seems like they're just giving them space, and they're just, like, not shying away from, like, the shitty parts of them. Mm-hmm. And then the last seasons, they're really pushing, showing you how shitty they are all the time. Yeah. 
the first couple seasons they try and kind of make it seem like they're not shitty and then you're like oh they're still shitty and the last season she's like we are shitty all the time yeah okay so yeah i wish we hadn't watched the last season because i really got nothing out of it the fourth season was meh i would say the first three seasons are worth watching especially since the first three seasons are on hulu and the fifth season is not sure your math works well the fourth season is kind of i can take it or leave it is what i'm trying to say okay we're doing pretty good time actually I got some some upcoming saved. I have a couple upcoming things. Should we uh, back and forth it? Sure. Are you going to see which um, ones you can steal of mine? I don't think uh, we might have one. Okay. Yeah. Um, HBO is going to make a series out of that book Lake Success that I talked about a while back. Gary mm. Schreigart. Oh, that guy. <laughs> and Jake, Jake, what was his book that I hated? Super Sad True Love Story. Yeah, fuck that. Jake Gyllenhaal has signed on to play oh. the old white uh, hedge fund manager. Ugh. Don't do it. Don't send it to production. Um, Disney Plus is making a Love, Simon TV series. Like, doing it over? I think so. Hmm. Unclear. There weren't a lot of details. I don't trust Becky Albertalli. No, I don't either. Um, don't Shrill is going to get a second season. I saw that. Or you said you wouldn't watch a second season of that. You'd rather watch I think watch I'm on the record as saying that. Yeah, you said you'd rather watch My Mad Fat Diary a second season. True. Which I've been feeling lately, so we might have to go back to that one. True. Um, Prince of Egypt movie. Wow. I haven't heard you gasp like that in a while. I assumed a uh, family sorry, not member a movie, had died. Uh, uh, musical. Musical. Prince of Egypt is being turned into a musical. The bad news is it's for like a limited run in the UK at the moment. So I will probably never ever see it but uh i know goofy musical. it's your goofy movie it's yeah. my goofy movie it's my goofy movie of like that's Man. the one that i would want i watched it with the kids at school and i like almost cried like in front of driving home from Just... tennis the other night i listened to the whole goofy movie soundtrack god that is fun to sing along to in the car prince of egypt is just such a good story well, I can't. I but can't they're going to have it. ten more songs in the Prince of Egypt musical from the movies, which there isn't that many in the movie, but I'm a little skeptical of that. Okay. Here, I got a game for you. Okay. Name, uh, so the 100 just got renewed for a new season. Oh, Jesus. Name what number that season is and what number we watched. Six and three. Uh, it's getting renewed for a seventh season. I have no idea how many we watched. I oh, think we watched I was, four. I was close then. I think we must have watched four. Because okay. season two... Was they found the building, right? And they found the house in the City of Light. We definitely watched one after that. When they blew up the whole old fort building. Yeah, and like Alexa came back to save Clark or whatever. We had Alexa die. Season three. These episode descriptions are not helpful. They're not going to help you. Everything's happening at first light or dawn. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we watched season four. You're right. Okay. So three seasons in theory to watch. Um, Supposedly there's going to be a Thor 4 with Taika Waititi. I saw that. Now I haven't seen anything else about it. So I don't know if that was just a fake rumor. But Okay. Uh, my last one. I'm going to need to read this off. Um, so Fred Savage is going to be on this new show on AMC. Okay. It's called What Just Happened with Fred Savage. Okay. It is a parody of an after show show about a sci-fi show. Does the sci-fi show exist or not? Only in the universe of this parody show. So no, like there, it's not like the actual show is going to air and then he's going to... So I think I could try to simplify it. Like there are a bunch of shows that now air on real TV about Game of Thrones, like after a Game of Thrones Somebody episode Somebody on Facebook, I was thinking it was just a little clip. It was a full hour no, long discussion. these are like, full what the hell? programs. So this is a parody of a show talking about a show. I'm into it. Let's watch it. Okay. That's weird. Um, It's weird that I'm into it? Yeah. I think it would be funny. You always make fun of the Game of Thrones ones. It's true. Oh, yeah. The white guys after... Like, has the internet not realized that Game of Thrones is just white guys giving you stuff? It's the same as the Russo brothers with Avengers and some of their... Some of their, um... Internet. I thought commentary. you were woke. No, they know. Okay. They're just willing to overlook it, I think. Wow. Um... 
Booksmart movie? Have you seen anything about that one? No. It seems like another, like, indie, kind of, like, Ladybird type one. Uh-huh. Um, and I was intrigued by it. It'd be, like, a good one to rent from a uh-huh. Redbox or something. Homemade a Redbox that I wasted. Damn it. Um, and the last one connects full circle to the beginning. This was actually a Lifetime movie, not a, not a Hallmark movie. hmm But Pride and Prejudice Atlanta, the black version of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. We watched so many of those dumb Christmas versions of Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. This one looks better than those. Maybe. Deal me in. So, I think we should give it a shot. Alright. And that's all I got. Well, that was fun. We're back in the rhythm now. Hopefully we'll we've have We've got some one things saved up coming. We do. We've got a couple books ready. We mm-hmm. have some potential TV shows. Movies. Mm-hmm. We'll have another movie after tomorrow. True. Am I going to see a Marvel movie in theaters? Am I giving them money? Uh, it's a gift card, so it's somebody else's money. Nice. Is that like is that a workaround for you? Sure. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Include. We'll include that on a upcoming one, maybe. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Sorry for the long break. Hopefully, our next episode will be uh, a little bit sooner than uh, the the wait for this one. But thanks for listening, as always, and see you next week. Peace, love. Bye.